we believe in made in India business model as opposed mm-hmm. to copy pasting global business model. True. India is a land of SMEs. You know, unlike consumer, SMEs are extremely heterogeneous. True. Which basically leads to heterogeneous unmet demands. Hello and welcome to a brand new segment of Fintech Ibad Dilse, VC Unfiltered. In this segment, we bring some of the best VCs across the globe to you and talk to them about various questions that the founders have shared with us that they want to ask these VCs. Stay tuned for more exciting content. On today's episode, we have with us Mr. Mayank Chen from Stellaris Venture Partners. Hey Mayank, great to have you here. Hi Shares, great to be here. Great, great. So Mayank, uh, a day of holiday, right? Uh, on the day of Ganesh Chaturthi, thank you so much for taking out time and you know giving us like your precious one hour in the morning. Uh, having said that, let's quickly start by talking a bit about your background. Um, I've uh, you know kind of stalked you a little bit on LinkedIn and have understood that you know you have been an operator, you've also been a founder, you have been an entrepreneur in residence. So a very interesting background before you kind of got into. VC uh, industry as such. So let's take us through it. What was your journey like and what essentially made you uh, decide that yeah, now I want to get into the VC industry? So, Shail, um, if you'd like, uh, I can talk about uh, uh, my my slightly like elongated background. Sure. Uh, Love to you. So I'd, I'd uh, been born and brought up in Delhi mm-hmm. in a very um, Dhanda kind of a family. Mm-hmm. Uh, the most any in my family was educated was uh, they had done their college for namesake. Uh, and I think the thinking was that, uh, you know, just uh, degrees for the society, so just get done with it and then come and join the family business. Understood. So, grown up in that background, uh, if I were to be candid, I the importance of education, I'd say, was not the highest. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, grown up in that setting, uh, used to be a very average child uh, uh, growing up uh, 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 academically. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, often in the bottom uh, 50%. And then uh, during 11th, uh, you know, my mother, inspired by one of our walking friends, so she had heard about this IITJ coaching center in Delhi called Vidya Mandir Classes, mm-hmm. uh, who at that time used to only admit uh, no more than 160 students. And three out of four students used to get into IIT. Wow. And there, there, there are elaborate tuition classes uh, which prepare you for the Vidya Mandir entrance exam. <laughs> It used to be a status symbol uh, in the Delhi schools if you were admitted to Vidya Mandir. Mm-hmm. And that exam used to be a mathematics exam. Right. And that was the only subject that I was probably in the top 50% at school. Okay. And uh, so, you know, forcefully, I like, Chalo, okay, let me, you know, give this exam. So, gave that exam and... Uh, uh, and basically uh, got through with them on their class. Right. And that's how my life changed and I got admitted to IIT Delhi. Mm-hmm. I am reasonably sure if not for Vidya Mandir classes, I would not be in IIT or any good college for that matter. 
इंजीनियरिंग again i you know the four years at iit delhi i mean i i mean it was i think good hostel life i think good fun hmm. uh you know the standard college life that you could imagine right. uh so all of that very nice four years happened and then uh, uh then came the placement and the graduation season mm-hmm. and uh, uh uh i i used to be probably at the median of the class at best Uh, very much continuing with uh, 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 how the story used to be at school. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, at that point in time, you know, uh, I had this uh, notion that uh, an MBA would, uh, you know, help me uh, do well at business. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, from my roots, it was very clear that apna hi kuch thanda karna. Absolutely. and then i asked around they said that the best mba college in india is i am antabad mm-hmm. um yeah, so you know i studied for cat the okay. only studying that i did in the four years of college uh built the cat and uh, got admitted to i am antabad straight from iit delhi wow again you know as i entered i am antabad i felt a little lost um uh, because unlike an IIT Delhi i think people were very focused towards academics and i was anything but academics gotcha. so i felt a little bit of misfit ki main kahan aa gaya hu hmm. um so anyways uh, two years passed mm-hmm. um made some good friends uh, a three month uh, exchange in europe was the highlight of my two years at ahmedabad <laughs> which was a good trip mm-hmm. um anyways uh, i think after i went about where i found my footing was uh, uh, working at a small startup in delhi uh, this was a e-commerce uh, group called the smile group uh, and i joined them uh, i think around late 2011 okay i distinctly remember that you know the startup ecosystem was extremely young at that time mm mm-hmm. and the reason i say that is you know i remember distinctly at that time i going to my linkedin and finding friends who work at startups who could potentially refer me and i couldn't find more than 3 mm-hmm. across my batch at iit delhi and i went to but as you know and story of course is very different today anyways uh, you know uh, spent an year with that uh, uh, with smile group uh, i had a lot of fun mm-hmm. it was the first time where i you know worked very hard and i was enjoying the which was very new to me because before that i did have self question that can i even work hard right um after that i said that now i feel ready to start my company so in january of 2013 i started my hr tech company called talent pack okay along with uh, two friends mm-hmm. i ran that for over 3 years till about uh, early 2016 mm mm-hmm. uh that 3 plus uh, years journey was fantastic i had a lot of fun learned a lot uh uh you know we scaled the business to a million dollar plus in revenue close to 
profitability had raised uh, a seed round from a venture fund at that time called Helion Ventures. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in uh, and in fact, uh, 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 the individual from there who led the round mm. then eventually went on to found Stellaris Venture Partners, and life came a full circle for me. But more on that later. Yeah. Uh, but uh, for certain reasons, I mean, the startup couldn't scale beyond the million dollar plus in revenues, and mm. uh, I think uh, without too much details, uh, we basically uh, pivoted to a transportation company, which which uh, didn't work out. Okay, interesting. So then, uh, you know, around mid of 2016, I you know moved from Delhi to Bangalore and took up a role at uh, Fracto. Mm-hmm. Uh, spent two years there got my uh, first exposure to if i may say so complex world of healthcare in india mm-hmm. uh you know i used to head to business lines for them and uh, healthcare is complex that is the first time i realized a majority of money that uh, the doctor makes is actually not from the patients or consultation mm-hmm. it is uh, uh you know from uh, referral bonuses from a variety of providers like pharmacies, oh. labs, hospitals, uh, specialist doctors, and whatnot. Mm. Uh, and there is a economic uh, uh, issue in that market. Uh, so spent two years there. Uh, you know, saw the journey at Practo. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I think a very interesting journey when I joined. Uh, there were two thousand employees. They had. Uh, you know, a little less than two twenty thousand paid uh, clinics using their software. So, you know, uh, saw scale at Practo. Uh, then after that, uh, you know, uh, ended up being a part of uh, two very interesting uh, fintech companies. Right. At that time, I felt that you know, uh, you know, fintech, uh, I think poses a lot of opportunity. That is also when the you know, Aadhaar came out, uh, which is right. in uh, if I if I remember correctly, around the second half of 2016, mm-hmm. UPI went live in the second half of 2017. True. So that is the time when I moved from Fracto to uh, Ola Financial Services. There I used to head credit cards and insurance business lines. Uh, you know, um, you know, I had a great experience. Learned a lot about. Uh, uh, credit cards and insurance and uh, after that joined uh, another fintech called Cred uh, and uh, used to head uh, strategy, CopTev and uh, investor relations there uh, so, and again a very special company and I can get into why I feel you know Cred is uh, special and then I think uh, yes it's slightly later huh? And you know, I think uh, sometime during the journey, I realized that uh, you know I I enjoyed uh, the excitement of uh, you know pre-product market fit mm. and uh, maybe just after product market fit to just before the aggressive scale-up journey mm. or like some people call zero to one, right. one to ten. But I felt that I did not enjoy the ten to hundred part of the journey. Mm. Um, you know, it was a lot about the discipline of 
repetition uh you know whether it is a weekly you know functional reviews business reviews one on ones and i i felt that i was constrained in a box mm. i needed that width and variety which i was not getting and then i think there was that existential question that look what do i do next true uh because i can't be the guy who goes through the 0 to 1 1 to 10 but you know is not the right person for the scaled up part of the journey and uh, and that is the time when i went through a dating process with stellaris venture partners and because uh, there was a a long association and relationship mm-hmm. uh basically i wanted to see you know what vc is what does a day to day of a vc look like and you know went through a little over 6 month uh, dating process uh me getting to know vc and then said that look whatever i know uh in these 6 months i think it's worth getting married mm-hmm. and uh, it's been a little over 2 years of marriage well wow, wow. i think that is that is really uh an interesting journey right uh, right from uh, working working for multiple startups uh, heading strategy and uh building your own companies as well i think uh, you've you've almost gone through all the processes of the company all the stages of a company right from 0 to 1 1 to 10 and then also in cred if i'm not wrong you are also there in the scale up process yeah awesome so would would love to hear a bit about why you uh, why was that comment about cred right be it being a special company i mean it is indeed uh, as of now also in india uh, being called as one of the i would say the father of the fintechs or probably you know one of the fintechs that kind of started a lot of revolution across that segment so yeah i mean how was it there it was great and i think uh, i think couple of reasons uh, uh where i feel cred really shines um, mm-hmm. i think the first is just talent density uh very very smart people uh you know work at cred uh the second day is uh a made in india business model mm-hmm. and uh if i were to speak more broadly very strong first principle thinking industry so uh actually you know unlike uh unlike the philosophy of fail fast mm-hmm. greg believed in the mantra of you know do your homework well and make it succeed right uh so Uh, uh and often that needed a lot of first principle thinking you know a lot of research a lot of homework mm-hmm. um and uh, to the best of my knowledge i don't know of a cred like business model existing anywhere in the world wow interesting and uh, uh that kind of says it all great good i think that that really gives us some insight uh, into that uh having said that you know kind of let's let's go to the next uh, stage of conversation let's let's talk a bit about uh, stellaris venture partners and what exactly you know is the investment thesis and how do you essentially invest in fintech or startups so as a as an overall this right so stellaris uh, venture partners is a home grown vc fund mm-hmm. uh we came into existence in year 2017 mm-hmm. uh so in many ways we are also you know hustling to make a mark uh in the vc world right uh 2017 to 2020 we invested out of our first fund made 19 investments some prominent companies include palmer 
Botfakes, Propel, Noteshare, Sciency, and several others where we were uh, often the first institutional lead investor. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2021 onwards, we have been investing out of our second fund. This is a $225 million fund. We have made 20 investments in the last two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we invest across sectors, uh, but we do invest in tech or tech enabled businesses. Uh, we basically come in at the seed and series A stages mm-hmm. and like to lead rounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can lead up to $5 million seed round and up to $10 million A round. So that is our playground. Understood. Uh, um, uh, I'd like to believe that you know we are high conviction investors. Mm-hmm. Uh, we like to you know build conviction and then lead the round. Uh, um, I'd also like to believe that uh, you know we believe in made in India business models as opposed to copy pasting global business models. True. Uh, and I think some of that has played out that you can't just, uh, you know, copy paste uh, global business model. India is a very special country with its own nuances and you have to factor that in. So really a big believer of made in India business models. Mm-hmm. Uh, so absolutely, I think uh, we, while we invest across sectors, FinTech, of course, is one of the prominent sectors for us. Uh, I, along with my uh, colleagues, uh, we lead that we need uh, a fintech investment for the fund. Uh, great, great. Uh, so having said that, right, let, let's talk a bit about uh, how you look at fintechs, right? Uh, I mean, you have been, uh, if I'm not wrong, Stellaris has been uh, around since 2017. That's almost two years after the fintech revolution began, almost one and a half to two years after the fintech revolution began. So you have seen majority of the life cycle of fintechs, right, from the early B2C heavy models to, you know, later on B2B focused models, you know, driving the revolution around the banking, embedded finance and all of that, to the newer models that are emerging as we speak around the, with the latest technology. So, how has uh, one would be essentially you as Mayank, uh, how has your view been of, of this fintechs? What have you been excited through the history of fintech? And uh, what are you excited about now? And as Stellaris, uh, you know, what essentially, the same question, right? What have you been excited about throughout the evolution of fintechs previously? And now what is it something that you want to see built or uh, which is not yet built or which is not yet being built? So yeah, over to you. Yeah, so shares, uh, I think um, one of the, um, one of the themes that we really like is uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, SME lending. India is a land of SMEs. You know, unlike consumer, SMEs are extremely heterogeneous. True. Which basically leads to heterogeneous unmet demands. True. Uh, so, and I think it is no secret that there is a very large SME unsecured financing gap that exists. Mm-hmm. We all know of very large informal financing markets that have existed historically and continue to be very large. Right. So we do feel that's an opportunity. Mm-hmm. So while I think the problem is very well known, even the magnitude of the problem is very well realized. Right. I think that the 
the trick lies in finding the viable solution to address that gap. Mm-hmm. Uh, Understood. You know, there is a reason, you know, MSME unsecured financing has been underserved, that historically it's been very hard to serve that uh, uh, segment uh, uh, while right. being profitable or viable. True. So there are, there are, you know, three solutions or business models that we like mm-hmm. uh, to serve SME financing. The first is what we internally call as anchor lent uh, financing, mm-hmm. which is, you know, insert a credible anchor mm-hmm. between yourself as financier and the borrower. Right. And what that anchor does is twofold. Mm-hmm. It uh, reduces uh, the OPEX of the business uh, by contributing to areas like distributing loans, you know, aiding in collections, mm-hmm. which fundamentally reduce the optics of the business. Right. Because historically, one of the challenges has been that, you know, with these MSMEs, mm-hmm. the ticket sizes are low. Right. And given the high OPEX, it becomes unviable to uh, profitably serve a small M- uh, SME. Right. So Anchor can, you know, help you in that direction. And uh, uh, in that team, we have invested in uh, an education financing company called Propel, yes. who have a very innovative model of uh, leveraging educational institutes online and offline as anchors, mm-hmm. and then distributing financing to their students. Oh, interesting. Uh, and they have an incent- economic incentive to di- uh, distribute because mm-hmm. financing leads to more sales. True, true. Uh, the second solution we like is... Uh, what we call as embedded lending mm-hmm. which is lending need not be our first offering to the customer right uh, and then let me take an example of Gretflow, uh which we have invested under this theme which targets uh, small manufacturers and uh, distributors mm-hmm. uh, they start off by providing a software Right. which sits on top of the accounting software or tally, mm-hmm. uh, sucks in all the data and provides analytics to the business owner on mobile at his fingertip. Right. So they are replacing the call that an owner would make to the accountant ke ye data lekarao, iska printout lekarao, mm-hmm. uh, so on and so forth. Got it. And so software is their first offering and then, you know, they're, then they contextually embed lending in the work. Understood. So that is an example of embedded uh, lending. Mm-hmm. Uh, what embedded lending done it, does is again it reduces the opex because you know software acquires the customer, you know relatively economically efficiently, mm-hmm. and then you have the attention of the borrower, you have the uh, you know data to underwrite, and then you contextually embed lending. Right. The third solution that we like is what we call as nascent vertical lending. Mm-hmm. And Turno has been an investment in that theme. Uh, Turno, you know, is targeting a nascent vertical like uh, uh, intra-city commercial EVs. Mm. Now that asset class is fundamentally so new. Uh, uh, so that is an example under that theme. Uh, so these are the three solutions that we like broadly in um, uh, SME lending. There are, of course, uh, you know, uh, some SME verticals that we are very excited by. Mm-hmm. Uh, without going into too much detail, I just name them. One is uh, 
SME construction contractors. Mm-hmm. Um, second is SME uh, uh, goods exporters. Uh, a third is indeed uh, SME money lenders, informal money lenders. Mm-hmm. So these three, I think, are very interesting uh, uh, verticals. Uh, the second, uh, uh, in addition to SME lending, the second theme that we like is uh, a fin infra. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, again, there we do have very specific uh, uh, investment thesis. One is co-lending network. Right. Today, you know, for any two REs or regulated entities, let's say two, you know, a bank and an NBFC. Right. Real-time co-lending is non-trivial. True. Uh, so can 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 you become the de facto two-sided network? Mm-hmm. Uh, which acquires both sides for co-lending as well as builds the underlying infra for co-lending. Understood. The second specific thesis is uh, uh, what we call as offline post lending, mm-hmm. which is becoming a linchpin between four stakeholders. Uh, imagine uh, a chroma, mm-hmm. which is the merchant, uh, which is one side. Second is the end consumer who's buying from a chroma, which right. is the second second side. The third is, you know, lenders and banks who want to provide financing to, you know, this customer at Chroma mm-hmm. for POS. And the fourth is brands like Apple, LG, Panasonic and whatnot, who are also, you know, willing to provide economic incentives uh, if it if it can drive, if it can lead to more sales for them. So True. becoming a linchpin uh, mm-hmm. amongst these four stakeholders uh, is another uh you know, thesis though. Understood. Interesting, interesting. So I think uh, from what I gather, uh, you as a, I mean, as a VC, you are mainly excited about the MSME industry and how fintech is essentially revolutionizing that. That is probably one of the major pieces that kind of you know, excites you uh, from that perspective. Yeah, there are more, but uh, I thought maybe these are the two I like to go in some detail. Understood, understood. Having said that, right? Uh, when you when you currently uh, look at let's say the next uh, five years of evolution in fintech, what parts or what uh, domains do you think would excite you, or would you want to invest in it if it ever comes up? It may also be something that is not currently present in the market, but you, it's it's kind of on a wish list that if this comes up, this is something that I would love to invest in. Yeah. So shares. In addition to, I think, what I've already spoken, mm-hmm. I do feel, I think, the biggest opportunity lies in uh, uh, credit. Mm-hmm. Because I think both consumers as well as SMEs are extremely credit staff. Right. Uh, so there will be a lot of innovation on credit, credit form factors. In fact, uh, I think very recent announcement uh, uh, by the regulator at uh, the Global FinTech Festival held 10 days back mm-hmm. on credit lines on UPI is extremely interesting. True, true. Um, and of course, I, I wrote a thread on it as well, which we should uh, share with our viewers. But uh, that potentially, in my mind, uh, will open a host of new opportunities for aspiring fintech founders. Understood. Awesome. Thank you so much. I think that uh, that really gives us a perspective on uh, how essentially you see the entire uh, fintech segment moving forward and what 
would essentially be uh, probably a few exciting areas in, in it. Having said that, let's let's go on to the final uh, part of the episode or the final segment wherein we essentially you know take the questions that we get from the founders and we kind of you know put them out and hopefully this will be fun. Having said that, you know uh, one of the first questions that uh, you know a lot of founders kind of came out to us with, uh, specifically you know for uh, investors who kind of invest in early stage startup, is that how would you advise or what would your advice be to early stage founders who come to pitch to you? What is one thing that they're doing wrong that you want them to? Pay? So, share uh, safe. Mm-hmm. If I had to pick one thing. I'd basically uh, say do your homework well, mm-hmm. and what that means is you know have the clarity on on the thesis or the fundamentals of what you're trying to build. Mm-hmm. Specifically, five things in this order for me at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, having a view on TG or the customer segment uh, that you plan to focus on and why. Mm-hmm. So let's call this TG. The second is, you know, the customer segment that you've identified could have a myriad of problems. But which is that one problem to begin with that you plan to focus your energies on and why? This choice. Right. So let's, the third is, okay, you've identified the problem. But what is your solution mm-hmm. uh, to solve that problem? And what is the insight behind the solution? Right. And why is your solution better than other solutions in the market for the same thing? Understood. The fourth is, okay, uh, there is a problem, there is a solution. Mm. But is it economical? Is the solution economical viable? Mm. So having hypotheses or views on the economics or unit economics of the business. Mm-hmm. And the fifth is go-to-market, which is, you know, how do you... Uh, go to market how do you acquire uh, your customers true uh, so let me just as a quick summary tg problem solution econo- unit economics go to market perfect uh, i do look for you know sharp set of hypotheses on mm-hmm. each of these understood uh question uh this question is actually slightly linked to the previous one as well, but a lot of founders also come and ask me, ki, what do VCs essentially look for uh, when they're evaluating a startup that is not uh, kind of set up shop or is either in the idea stage or is just about to start? What do you look for? How do you evaluate it? And how do you arrive at a valuation? Sorry. Yeah. To share, uh, I do want to first qualify that uh, of the 20 investments as a fund we have made in the last two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think around 15 are seed investments. Mm-hmm. And within within 15 also, 11 or 12 would be idea stage seed. Oh. Where there is no product, no revenue, no nothing. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, so look again, I think... Uh, at that stage, given that there is no execution to, you know, judge on, right. it is the set of hypotheses that the founder has. Mm-hmm. Or what we like to, you know, call thesis. True. But thesis is nothing, a set of hypotheses on the five questions mm-hmm. that I spoke about. And right. So we do look for a strong hypothesis. Understood. And as a person, what do you look for in a founder, like in your first meeting or first two meetings? See, first is, uh, you know, a thesis. Mm 
इट्स नॉट इट्स नॉन ट्रिवियल और इट्स वेरी हार्ड टू अराइव एट अ साउंड थीसिस ट्रू सो इफ अ फाउंडिंग टीम कैन अराइव एट अ साउंड थीसिस यू नो दैट सेज अ लॉट अबाउट द टीम इट्सल्फ सो दैट्स एन इनडायरेक्ट वे टू ऑल्सो जज द टीम सो दैट इज वन द सेकेंड इज द सेकेंड इज फाउंड अ मार्केट फिट विच इज एवरी बिजनेस यू नो हैज अ बीट और हैज डिफरेंट यू नो सम बिजनेस यू नो आर वेरी ऑपरेशनली हैवी सम बिजनेस आर वेरी यू नो टेक हैवी सो वी डू लुक फॉर वॉट एवर इज द की टू बिल्डिंग दैट बिजनेस डज एट लीस्ट द इम्पॉर्टेंट स्किल सेट्स डिसाइड विद द फाउंडर्स ऑन right so if tech is a very critical part of the business and there is no tech co-founder hmm. or let's say if a team is building a healthcare business and clinical expertise is a very critical part of the business and that hmm. that doesn't reside with the co-founding team uh then uh, so those are the things that we look for so cool. two things hmm. thesis and uh founder market understood uh a question of my own that's kind of derived out of your two previous answers right a uh, founder or a founding team versus a thesis uh, which would you give more weight uh so clearly if i'm struggling there is no clear answer <laughs> i think it's true very very contextual mm-hmm. but so for but from the way i operate uh, at least uh, uh at least my thumb rule is or gating criteria is that if there is no sound thesis it's a no for me mm-hmm. understood with two exceptions mm-hmm. which is uh, you know um one exception is that you know where the founder does not have a thesis but we have a thesis and we think highly of the founder you know to reach that thesis understood the second exception is founder is just so exceptional it doesn't care if there is thesis no thesis you know you just take my money the founder is uh, but, yeah but again those are exceptions the norm is you need to have a sound thesis if you don't have a sound thesis you know uh, you are a no if there is a sound thesis then there is another gate gating criteria that you know is this a a subjective view on founder market fit and again if that is not there again it's a no right uh now some of these things are subjective but at least it is sequential for me you know thesis and then founder got it got it perfect uh let's move on to the next question i think this is a really interesting one uh do indian vcs fall for fomo while investing in startups if yes what's the best way to create fomo So look I think uh, uh we are all humans. Mm-hmm. We all have FOMO for different set of things. Sure. Uh so absolutely I think you know uh, there is FOMO uh you know there are different extent mm-hmm. in different individuals. Uh the way to create FOMO is uh is basically um um basically you know have competition. Mhm. so if you can uh you know make if you can get that uh, term sheet for another vc or make material progress you know amongst other vcs then it puts pressure for you to act at least for right 
so i would like to believe that uh, you know fomo doesn't lead to you know my decision changing mm-hmm. but fomo will make me reach a decision fast do my homework and reach a decision fast understood understood no i think this is interesting we have one more uh, really polarizing question as such let's let's kind of put it at that i won't uh, spoil it for you before giving uh, asking you the question uh <laughs> the founder asks and i paraphrase uh what do you why do vcs ask that dumb question that if google or amazon starts a similar business to aapka kya hoga uh, even chat gpt is replaceable with bart tesla is replaceable by bmw electric cars there is no market barrier for literally anything in this world even in patented deep tech so very simple answer asking these questions offer are an indirect way to assess the team understood so goal of asking the question is to understand how deeply the team has thought about this question who do they consider as competition mm-hmm. uh you know you know have they thought about the second order details that if they do something how will each of the competition react and then how will they react so often it is an indirect way of judging the team so from what i understand this is a way to understand ki founding team ne kitna homework kiya hai and how in depth they have gone right so makes sense makes sense perfect uh one i think we'll pick the last question for the day uh let me just check if there is any yes i think this should be very interesting uh what exactly are the key metrics as a vc you would want to hear in a founder speech key metrics key metrics so shreyas again i think uh, it's very hard to generalize mm-hmm. as every business is you know different mm-hmm. uh i'll tell you a framework uh you know i try to assess which is the greatest risk in this business and then i look for metrics around that risk no understand uh but to be specific often i have seen product market fit risk to be the biggest one mm-hmm. uh so to as assess product market fit typically i look at metrics like uh, customer retention mm-hmm. uh both unit retention and dollar retention mm-hmm. uh, that is one uh the second metric i look at often before retention is usage or adoption mm-hmm. that is a leading indicator to retention right uh the third metric i look at is uh organic new customer growth mm-hmm. uh if there are word of mouth effects then that will you know reflect in uh, organic new customer growth month on month of course so those three makes sense makes sense i think uh, that was the final question of the day and mayank uh, you have really given some fresh perspective on a few of those things and uh, misconceptions that i think a lot of founders had 
especially the one that kind of stood out to me was the one where uh, the founder had asked ki why do you ask the questions ki agar koi badi company kar lege to how will you you know look at it so i think that really made a lot of sense when you said that it's how you evaluate the team to understand ki kitna in depth homework kiya hai and all of that so yeah thanks a lot vayank uh, i think this is our time for the day thank you so much it was such a pleasure having you here and learning from you thank you so much sure thank you so much for having me and i hope uh, the audience took away some